Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. We are so glad to see you here today. It's good to uh, share this time as we do week after week with brothers and sisters in Christ to share this time of fellowship and worship together. Uh, and we welcome to you all. We welcome our guests especially today and uh, hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way. We have a, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets. We'd like you uh, to ask if you would to take those and fill them out so they can... They're not out, huh? Oh, looks like Frank's on the job there. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, uh, Pancho, for letting us know that. Um, when, when they get to you, please fill them out and uh, pass them down the road so others can as well. Um, also, go ahead and check in on your smartphone uh, so we could uh, have a record of your attendance with us today. And uh, several announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, uh, on Saturday, the 28th, uh, Runway Red will be hosting Runway Red here at Community Baptist Church like we do every year. This is a, a fundraiser for Matthew 25, and, um, and tickets are available for that. We have a couple of tables, and tickets. Tickets are available to uh, to that. Uh, if you would check with the church office, I think the tickets are $25 a piece. So uh, if you would like to uh, attend the Runway Red on the 28th, uh, then come by the church office and we'll get you your tickets. Also, the upperclassmen group would be going to uh, Voices of Elmwood on Saturday, on this Saturday, isn't it? This boy is here, isn't it? This Saturday. Uh, and uh, Sue Berry needs a, an accurate count on that today? Today. So if... Okay, see Sue Berry after church and she'll get you signed up. The tickets are reserved, but we need to know exactly how many. I think they're 18 or $20 for the tickets there. Uh, okay, good, thank you. Uh, also coming up is the uh, Highway 60 yard sale and we are collecting uh, items to sell in that, so it's a good time to clean out your closet, folks, and uh, uh, get rid of some of the stuff that's uh, in your closet that uh, uh, that you want to get rid of. Bring it here, and we'll sell it. Uh, and then also, uh, in addition to that, we have a blood drive that's coming up on October the 9th, and if you would like to volunteer for that or to set up an appointment uh, for the blood drive, then please see Jika, and she'll be glad to do that. And now Mary Rye has an announcement that she would like to make. Speaking of October the 9th, we are starting a, a short uh, session that will be a, a, another option to our Wednesday night studies. Um, so this will begin on October the 9th, Wednesday night at 6.30. Again, it's another option to Tim's Bible study. Um, that night it will be the whole group. But on, starting on October the 9th, we're going to watch a video. Um, it's an interview between uh, Cooper Anderson, Anderson Cooper, uh, Anderson Cooper, and Stephen Colbert, of all people, and they talk about um, their their grief and suffering in the midst of losing folks that they love, and it's a really, really fascinating discussion. Um, I didn't realize that Stephen Colbert was such a great man of faith, um, and 
it's just really very interesting to hear Anderson Cooper talk about losing his mother, who is Gloria Vanderbilt. We will do that on October the 9th. And then the next six weeks, uh, if this is applicable to you, Phyllis uh, Warren will be leading a group um, on grief. Um, So that video will kick that off. And this is grief not only through death, it's grief through any kind of loss. Loss of uh, a job, loss of a relationship, loss of a lifestyle, um, whatever kind of grief that you happen to be going through. Um, She will be leading a a six-week session for that in addition to Tim's Bible study. October the 9th. Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Uh, Here at Community Baptist Church, uh, we are all about engaging our community and uh, building community within ourselves, within our own group. So let me invite you, um, if you are able, to stand and let us greet each other and uh, uh, just let everybody know the love of Christ that we have together and and greet each other in holy fellowship. Good morning. You're good.
please join me in our responsive reading for today, titled, Mercy. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. You The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove our transgressions from us. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon those who fear the Lord. For in Christ the dead live again, the lost are found. This is cause for rejoicing. Let the celebration begin. Amen.
front for our children's moment. Good morning. Good morning. I might need your help. Um, I've lost something. I, I feel I can't see. Where? Oh, much better. Okay. I've lost something else. Not my mind. That's debatable. I've lost my phone. I need my phone. I need my phone. Where's my phone? That's. I gotta have my phone. You wanna know why? My whole children's moment is on that. <laughs> Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Do you hear it? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Panic stricken momentarily. <laughs> okay. So that made me very, very sad. Okay. When I couldn't find my glasses because then I couldn't see to do the children's moment. Now I can see. That makes me very, very happy. So now I have my phone, and that made me very, very sad when I didn't have my phone because then I couldn't do children's moment. So I'm so happy. Are you happy for me? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, when we lose something. That makes us very sad, and God feels your sadness. So when you find it, guess what? God is very happy and rejoices with you. Have you all ever lost anything? Yeah. Well, okay, what did you lose? Oh, that made you what? Made you very sad. Did you get angry? Well, angry, guess what? God is right there with you, and he feels your pain. So, when you feel lost or have lost something, turn to God, and he will help you be patient. And he will help you find your way. Good deal. I tell you, guys, you all are terrific. This church depends on you all from here forward. You are the very foundation to this church, and you all are going to build it and carry it forward. And we want to thank you very much. And God is very, very happy right now. Bow your heads with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your patience with us. You feel our pain. You also feel our happiness. Let us all rejoice in that happiness. We say this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And bless these children. Thank you. Amen. this beautiful morning just being here is a gift from you God 
Some days we have been guilty of spending foolishly. We are guilty of wounding each other. And we are all guilty of sinning against you. God, when we come into this wonderful church family and this wonderful church, just remind us what we are here for. We serve you by serving others. We just ask you to bless our tithes and offerings so they may go to others in need. In your name we ask. Amen. Amen. Yeah, one more Dunham. All right. Today's scripture reading is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors.
neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord.
you ever lost anything? I lost. John, I lose my mind occasionally. As a matter of fact, it happened today. Um, just before the service, Felicia handed me a piece of paper and asked me to announce that there are there's music on the stand here for music readers for our uh, upcoming tapestry uh, uh, presentation. We'll be joining with several choirs here in town to do a Christmas presentation in, in uh, December. And there is music on information about it. This is information about it. So that's information. There's on on the uh, on the the little music stand there as you go out. She even handed me a piece of paper. I guess that's the information that's on there. Guess what? I lost it. I, I didn't go anywhere. It's like, where is it? It was right here. But that's what happens. How about flights? Have you ever been on a, on a on a flight on an airline and they lost your luggage? That ever happened to you? I, it's happened to me. I, years ago, Susan and I took an anniversary trip to California, and as part of that trip, we were planning to get all dressed up and on our anniversary and, and take a romantic dinner cruise out on the San Diego Harbor. But unfortunately, our airline lost one of our suitcases, the one that held all of our shoes. <laughs> so we ended up getting all dressed up that night for the cruise, me in a coat and tie, and Susan in a very nice dress, and both of us in our tennis shoes. <laughs> but heck, what can I say? It was California. Nothing is weird in California. <laughs> Now, in most cases, a lost piece of luggage is eventually returned to its owners, but not always. So have you ever wondered where all those pieces of luggage end up? Well, I'm about to tell you. Eventually, all those lost pieces of luggage end up in a small town of Scottsboro, Alabama, at a store called the Unclaimed Baggage Center. This store has arrangements with almost every airliner to buy their luggage that can't be returned to its rightful owner. And this store is huge. It takes up an entire city block. And any unclaimed piece of luggage that is left behind on a major airline eventually ends up at the unclaimed baggage center where it is sold to the general public. You can go there. You can find laptop computers and cell phones and CD players and clothes and jewelry, all of those kinds of things. Those are the most common items in, at the uh, unclaimed baggage center. But passengers have also left behind things like a bag full of live rattlesnakes and a trunk of rare Egyptian artifacts. But what's the strangest thing ever found at the unclaimed baggage center? Would you believe a guidance system for an F-16 fighter jet valued at over a quarter of a million dollars? It's an interesting store. And according to many tourists, it's definitely worth a stop if you're passing by northeastern Alabama. But you know, there, there's something really sad about something being lost and never reclaimed. And that's especially true when what is lost is a human being. 
Many of you are familiar with the legendary country singer Hank Williams. Way back in 1948, Hank Williams wrote a, f- a familiar gospel song that uh, many of us have sung before. Most of us have heard it. It's titled, I, I Saw the Light. And the first stanza of that song says, I wandered so aimlessly, life filled with sin, I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a Savior in the night. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. And that first line was such a fitting description of the life that Hank Williams lived. You see, he spent almost his entire life tormented by disease and and alcohol and drugs. Near the end of his life, while he was doing a, a concert out in San Diego, he was so drunk that he stumbled off of the edge of the stage after singing only two songs. And uh, the country star Minnie Pearl, who was on the, on the bill with him that night, gathered him up and put him in a car and drove him all around ta- town trying to sober him up enough so that he could do the second show. And it said that Minnie Pearl began singing, singing with singing as a country. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He he began singing with Williams his song, I Saw the Light. And they had just finished singing the first stanza when Williams turned to her and said, Minnie, I don't see the light. There ain't no light. Soon after that, Hank Williams died in the back of his car somewhere in West Virginia at the young, young age of 29. My friends, one of the sad truths of life is that there are millions of people in this world who don't see any light. In a very profound way, they are ready for the unclaimed baggage center. They are truly lost. And they may be professing Christians, and they may be loving fathers and mothers, and they may be responsible citizens, but they they have a tremendous sense of helplessness about them in the face of the shifting values of our society. And Jesus understood about the tragedy of being lost. Here in the 15th chapter of Luke, we read three parables. I know we just read two of them, but the third one's really long. So, But you know it. It's the parable of the prodigal son. But we have here the three parables about a lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost boy. The prodigal son. And what Jesus wanted us to learn from these parables was that our being lost is of grave concern to the one who created us. And that there is a way for us to be found. Let's consider for a moment our own feelings of being lost. And I want us to ask three basic questions this morning. First of all, how did we get in this predicament? Secondly, does anybody really care? And third, is there really an answer for any of us? So first of all, how did we get in this predicament? Well, I believe that our feelings of being lost as a people can be linked directly to our declining faith. Many people today are experiencing a crisis of faith. 
we have lost our faith in other people. We have lost our faith in, in institutions. We've lost our faith in God. Wouldn't you agree that we've lost our faith in people? People that we used to admire? We no longer have any heroes, do we? Not in the classic sense of the word. Back on July the 17th, 2009, legendary news anchor Walter Cronkite died at the age of 92. And his death probably marked the end of an era that I suspect we will never see again. You see, Walter Cronkite was the face of CBS News from 1962 to 1981. He is remembered as the father of television news, as well as, now get this, the most trusted man in America. You remember, people called him the most trusted man in America. And in a day like today, when the phrase fake news has become a mantra for so many people, and when journalists are labeled as the enemy of the people, do you think there will ever be a person in the national news media again who will be elevated to that status of trust again? We used to look up to Hollywood stars. Not anymore. At one time, we idolized sports figures, sports heroes. And, and in our naive way of thinking, we imagined that people in leadership, particularly in, in government, rarely did anything wrong. There was a time when press agents and journalists would hide the weaknesses of best-known personalities. That's not the way it is anymore. We see them warts and all. And, and we still may be inspired by their athletic prowess or their acting ability or their singing ability or their political acumen, but we no longer look to famous people for moral or for spiritual inspiration, do we? It's too risky. Too many people that we have looked up to have ended up disappointing us. And the realization may be thinking into us that they are just as lost as we are. So where do we turn? Well, some of us may be on the verge of losing faith in, even in those who are closest to us. Half of the marriages that take place this, this year will end up in divorce. That represents a lot of broken hearts and shattered dreams, and it represents a lot of people who have, for one reason or another, lost faith in one another. And along with our loss of faith in people, there's also a, a profound loss of faith in our institutions, including the church. So many of the more vocal and more visible people in church circles today have become involved in things that they have no business in. So many vocal church leaders today have become so embroiled in partisan politics, and they have done so in such a way that the spirit of love that Christ came to give is no longer evident in their lives. And for them, electing a particular candidate is more important than loving their neighbor. And for many of them, their newfound position of political influence has given them a sense of great power. And you know what they say about power, don't you? Power corrupts. 
And absolute power corrupts absolutely. And many of these church leaders have been embroiled in their own scandals of sexual exploitation or financial malfeasance. So they've lost their way. And they've lost their ability to be a shining light of God's love. And my friends, the great tragedy of our lives is that along with our declining faith in people and in our declining faith in institutions, there has been a corresponding declining decline in our faith in God. And in our position of lostness, Our diminished faith in God leaves us wondering, does anybody really care? Does anybody really care that I am floundering away in my state of lostness? Even many of us who are faithful in the church, who are faithful givers and who would fight to defend the major tenets of our faith have put some distance between us and God. For some of us, that distance is intellectual. We've been intimidated by the scientific advances of our time, and we've allowed our faith to be weakened by the seeming contradictions between our our biblical faith and modern science. But we forget that scientists are limited to the world of the observable. And so scientists may be, be able to explain to us how... But he or she will never be able to explain to us why. That falls within the realm of theology. Some of us have put intellectual distance between ourselves and God. For others, the distance is emotional. Some of us have experienced disillusionment with God somewhere along the way, or more likely with the church. Maybe we turn to God in a moment of, of need and we experience what Job experienced, the, the, the terrible experience of God's silence. Maybe our faith in God is strained. Or maybe someone in church has hurt us in some way, a, a thoughtless word or an inappropriate action. Boy, I wish everybody in the church was perfect. Don't you? But then again, if that were the case, we wouldn't need the church, would we? Or maybe we have distanced ourselves from God because it is simply too much of a bother to fit God into our busy schedules. My friends, the idea that God really could be the kind of personal living deity that the Bible describes to us, rejoicing like a shepherd over a lost sheep, rejoicing like a woman recovering a lost coin, rejoicing like a father over a wayward boy who has come back home. If God really were like that, think about how much responsibility that would place on us. If we really believe that, then we couldn't go on playing our games and building our empires and wasting our opportunities and trampling on the hearts and lives of other people. Think about what a difference that would make in our lives if suddenly we were confronted with the fact that it, it all really does matter. 
And it does. It matters to God. Look all about you at the miracle of creation. I love getting outside. I love seeing the animals and the the trees and the leaves and the beautiful scenery that God has put before us. That's why I love going to national parks and seeing the wonders of God's creation. Look at the loving hand of God at work in, in every tiny leaf on every tree. Look within your own soul. Look at the way you've been wonderfully made. Look at your own yearnings, your dreams, your aspirations. God has a hand in all of that. So does anybody really care about your sense of lostness? Yes. God cares. You are the crowning work of God's creation. You are God's immortal masterpiece. And what you make out of your life and your world is of infinite importance to God. And this brings us to our last question. Is there any way out? Is there any way out of this fog of lostness? Is there a cure for our sense of lostness? Well, obviously there, there is, or Jesus wouldn't have told these three parables. There could be no rejoicing shepherd and no rejoicing woman and no rejoicing father if that which is lost cannot be found. Joni Yoder has worked with, for many years with drug-addicted youth. And as you can imagine, it, it, it is a very frustrating work. It's hard work. And yet, Joni says that she has never been tempted to give up on anyone until she started to work with a young man named Sam. Sam was a particularly hard case. He was a young man with peculiar difficulties, peculiar problems, and was extremely rebellious. And anything that she tried to get him to do to better himself... He would not do. He would not cooperate. And without even realizing it, she began to pull away from this young man whose attitude was such a stumbling block for her. And then she said God alerted her to the mistake that she was making. Here's what happened. She was staying overnight with some friends, and she lost a ring that was very important to her. And so she frantically began hunting for this ring, even pulling apart the bed apart and making and remaking it, thinking it was in the covers or between the mattresses or whatever. But still, she could fi- not find the ring. And so finally, she decided that her search was consuming too much of her time, and she asked God for help. She knelt by her bed and she opened her Bible to Luke 15 and began reading about the woman who had lost the coin, diligently hunting for this coin. And and when she thought about this parable, it seemed as if God was saying to her, you have given a lot of effort looking for this ring. Are you willing to work that hard to find Sam? And suddenly she realized how important Sam was to God. 
And with closed eyes, she answered, Yes, I am, Lord. My friends, do you understand that you are important to God? And what you do with your life really does matter to God. And if it seems that there is more distance in your life between yourself and God, it's not God who moved. God's desire is to rekindle that relationship with you more than you can even imagine. But of course, if we, if we think about these parables for a few moments, we will realize that, that there is a difference between a lost sheep or a lost coin and a lost person. The prodigal son could not be found until he took responsibility for his own life. It was up to him. If you remember the, the, the parable, he was out there feeding pigs which for a nice Jewish boy was the ultimate humiliation. He had sunk as low as he could possibly go, and there was no hope for him until he was willing to take responsibility for leaving the pig pen. And once that decision was made, the essential victory was won. My friends, you can escape your lostness this morning with a simple decision. And that decision is to simply to believe and to follow the good news of Jesus Christ. There really is a loving God who cares deeply about you as an individual. And it really does matter what you can do, what you do with your life. And you really can trust those values that you were taught as a little child. So if you're tired of walking in the darkness, if you want to walk in the light, it can be done. There's a hand with nail prints in it that reaches out to each of us today. We don't have to wander through life as one who is lost. God is with us. If we'll only reach out to God. An elderly gentleman was out walking with his young grandson one day, and he just casually asked the grandson, How far are we from away from home? And the boy answered, Grandpa, I don't know. And so the grandfather asked, Well, where are we? And again, the boy answered, I don't know. And then the grandfather said good-naturedly, Well, it sounds to me like you're, you're lost. The boy looked up at his grandfather and said, Nope, I can't be lost. I'm with you. Ultimately, that's the answer to those of us who may be feeling that we have lost our way. We can't be lost. If God is with us. And folks, listen to this. God is with us. Amen. Let's sing together our closing hymn, Amazing Grace. And isn't grace amazing? You know what? There's not a single one of us here that deserves the love of our, of our Lord and the grace of salvation that comes to us. There's not a one of us here that has done anything worthy of that. 
but that's why they call it grace. It is God's undeserved favor. Let's sing to Him. because we have a little business to take care of, and this is some good business. Uh, Mike and Barb Hall have presented themselves requesting membership in Community Baptist Church. Well, this jumping the gun a little 